0: Aaron's Radio Show. Very nice. Very music. Very cool. I like it!
1: Coming to you almost live from Berkeley, California. It's Aaron's Radio Show, the podcast. With your host, Aaron Gobbler. Thanks, Jake. And welcome, everybody, to episode 39. You're listening to the podcast version of My Three Songs, a show where my guest provides three selections, and we talk about why those songs are meaningful to them. The podcast version features full interviews, but includes no licensed music. To enjoy the original version with music included, please visit our website, Show, where you can stream every episode. If you wish to be a guest on the show, please complete the short survey on the My Three Songs page on our website. Now here's the show. Welcome to My Three Songs, where I play three special songs chosen by my guest, and we talk about why they chose each song. This episode is the first in an occasional series of best of my three songs shows. As of this recording, I've conducted 28 interviews, and this episode includes songs chosen by three of my earlier guests and our discussions about why those songs were meaningful to them. The songs you'll hear today are What the World Needs Now is Love by Jackie DeShannon from 1965, as chosen by Amy Harwood in episode 12, Cry, by Johnny Ray, from 1951, as chosen by Minna Gobbler in episode 17, and Spinning Away, by Brian Eno and John Cale, from 1990, as chosen by Sandy Mac Barrens in episode 21. Amy Harwood was my second guest on My Three Songs. She was inspired to be a guest after hearing our good mutual friend, Jen Lappin, as my very first guest. Here is her choice, What the World Needs Now is Love by Jackie DeShannon. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website, aaronsradio.show, where you can stream all episodes. Um, as I mentioned, uh, you know there are many recordings of this song uh, by a lot of artists. So um, DeShannon's version sounds a lot like Dionne Warwick. I don't know if that's just in my mind because I know that she's sung so many of... Uh, by Dan the, uh, back-
0: turned it down originally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I don't even understand. But um I actually picked this for a very specific reason. So in my parents eclectic music case there was the Burt Bacharach album with Hal David and the album of the soundtrack for Alfie and and so I grew up listening to the Burt Bacharach version. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: And in
0: 1997ish a movie came out called My Best Friend's Wedding which, uh-huh. with Julie Roberts, which wasn't a particularly good movie, but had an excellent soundtrack. Um, And that song was on it. Um, And somebody had, like, burned their CD of it for me, and we used mm-hmm. to play it in the house. And my son Daniel was about two and a half, and I was ridiculously pregnant with my second child. And that song would come on, and Daniel would look at me and go, Love, sweet love, mommy. Let's dance to love, sweet love.
2: So you can just
0: imagine a very pregnant Amy Harwood holding her two and a half year old with the belly trying to dance to this song. And <laughs> I realized when I was picking songs that emotionally meant something to me, this was a song that it meant one thing when... Bert Backrack was singing it, and I was listening to my parents' hi-fi in the living room with the shag right. carpeting,
2: uh-huh.
0: and was very different when I was listening to Janet Shannon singing it and me dancing with my son instead of my father. Um, uh-huh. And it really—it's a song that you know makes the transition, and that's what's great about a lot of these old songs—they're coming back and. Movie soundtracks, Guardians of the Galaxy brought a ton of songs back from our childhood. (laughs) Yeah. Introducing it to a whole new generation Uh of people. And and that song was the song of my, you know, my older son and I. In fact, that was a song we danced together at his bar mitzvah. It Uh was, it's just, and still when we hear it on the radio, we're, we're passing, all four of us will call it the Love Sweet Love song. Um, because that's what it meant to us back in nineteen ninety nineteen ninety eight, 1998, right before my younger child.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a sweet story. Um, and, and it was, uh, it's very interesting to hear like, you know, your, the differences in the versions and how the different versions of the different singer, how they right. are different for you. Cause somebody else might say, well, it's just the same song, you know? Um, but, um. Dion I just yeah.
0: belts it out like it's yeah. a gospel song. <laughs> right. And, and Burt Bacharach does it to be like, you know, a nightclub singer. Right. And then she does it like it's a sweet love story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's even a version on like one of the Austin Powers movies or right. something. <laughs> right. The right. right. second his second movie. Yeah. Thank you for that story. That's, that's really, that's sweet. And I can understand why it's uh, such a poignant song for you. In episode 17, I interviewed my mother, Minna Gobbler. I think this was the most fun I've had interviewing somebody on the show, uh, but I'm certainly prejudiced about that. (laughs) One of her songs was the crooner classic, Cry, by Johnny Ray. Let's flash back to that interview. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website, erinsradio.show, where you can stream all episodes this song is the epitome of the crooner genre and without divulging your age, I'm going to guess this song was really popular when you were a teenager. Um, why is this song meaningful to you?
3: Well, Johnny Ray was a heartthrob and um, he had several songs that were really on the top of the charts. One of which you just played cry. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid and into my early teenage years, my family would go to Atlantic City for the summer. And one of the attractions in Atlantic City was Steel Pier. Mm -hmm. And there were performances that were held on Steel Pier. And one day, Johnny Ray was performing. Well, of course, I didn't buy a ticket. But there I was on the boardwalk with this big scrum of teenage girls, very much like myself, waiting for Johnny Ray to make his exit. And he steps outside with his, onto the boardwalk with, with his men, you know, who are around him. Uh And, and he's this skinny looking guy. Okay. So as we crowded around him, I got close enough to touch him with my finger. Oh, okay. And I was so excited. And we're on the way home, all of us walking on the boardwalk going going back to where we lived. And I'm saying, I touched Johnny Ray, I touched oh my God, I don't remember which finger it was. <laughs> in the right hand or the left hand. I may never wash again. All right. Uh, so that was really I was about thirteen at the time. So okay. that that's that's really emblematic of the particular period in my life.
1: Uh, so this particular song uh, has significance among the rest of the songs that he has, or this is your favorite one, or
3: it was the most representative of of his work, if you
1: can call mm-hmm, it work. Mm-hmm. And you're um, you're interested in him. Obviously, was a precursor to you uh, for you t- touching him. Um, yes. But did that cement his legacy then in your? your canon of music?
3: No. No. Okay. <laughs> it,
1: was just, it
3: was just such a memorable experience. And, you know, there are times in our lives where we, we kind of snap a picture or make a video and it's in our head. And so that's how I was able to describe this to you because it happened a real long time.
1: <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's definitely indelible in your mind. Uh, yes. Are there Are there any other artists that you actually physically connected with?
3: Not that I can not, remember. Not, okay, okay. <laughs> or I we would can do have a... chosen one of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in episode 21, I spoke with a good Facebook friend, Sandy MacBarrons. This particular segment of that show is one of my favorites. Here we listen to and discuss her emotional connections to the song Slipping Away, by Brian Eno and John Cale. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website, aaronsradio.show, where you can stream all episodes. Sandy, I'd never heard the song before, and at first listen, I hear like music like the Talking Heads, um, who Brian Eno produced for many years. And then I hear vocals like the Moody Blues and Aha!, And some Bowie influences and and hints of Roxy music, who I just learned today, Brian Eno played keyboard for um, in the 1970s. Uh, So what inspired you to include this song in your list?
2: I have been a John Cale fan for a very, very long time. Interestingly enough, not necessarily a Velvet Underground fan. (laughs) I like Lou Reed on his own. And this song is incredibly personal. And no matter where I am and what I'm doing, it stops me and I have to listen. You know, you don't hear it. You're not going to hear it in Trader Joe's, that's for sure.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: But there are a lot of times I put this song on and cut off all the lights and just listen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: My now ex and now deceased uh, ex-husband, This was a song that, you know, we bought him and I bonded over music. One of the things that we fell in love with each other about was we both had this incredibly eclectic sense of of music, and it was something that one of the things, one of the many things that we connected on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, everything isn't always for everyone. And as we grew apart, um, the one thing that did stay somewhat steady state was music. And so we okay. could have a disagreement. Our arguments never got loud or crazy, but there would be disagreements and we could go out to the back deck and, you know, look up at the night sky or play this song. And um, all these years later, um, it is a melancholy memory and A really weird story to share, if you don't mind. Um, So when I found out that he had passed away, I was on my way to Chicago for work. And so I get into my office. I have a whole bunch of meetings I have to get through. And, you know, we hadn't talked to each other in a number of years. And we had worked our way to a place of civility. Um, but we probably okay. weren't going to ever talk again. But you know, at any decent length. But um, we were civil, and so when I heard, it still was a gut punch, and um, and it still is. To be fair, mm. because mm-hmm. you don't stop loving people just because you can't live with them. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I decided that I was going to take a little walk just to clear my head. And so I picked up my, my phone and I picked up my headphones. I popped them in and I hit shuffle. And this was the first song that played was spinning Mm -hmm. away. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I, you know, I'm a spiritual person, not very religious, but I always just thought that was him saying hello.
1: Mm, Okay. Yeah. And, uh, like, and like you said, you don't, this is not a song you're generally just going to hear out of the blue. And uh, do you, do you seek it out? Do you play it?
2: Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like there was a time that I was coming back from a friend's house and, uh, the stars were just out and it just looked beautiful. And I came in and I played it, Mm. um, I just think it's one of those songs. is, well, the song is about Vincent Van Gogh. I know we mentioned Van Gogh earlier. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and this is about Vincent Van Gogh and his drawing of Starry Night. And okay. the spinning away is talking about like how the the art kind of spin the the um, the art kind of like is that that swirl and you see the pattern spinning spinning away from the center. Right. And when you think about it, you also think about, you know, how two people who are together and, you know, um, can also spin away from each other. So I always,
3: mm-hmm. you know, it
2: it has a very, very special place in my heart. Mm.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for that, for, for that story. It's a um, very heartfelt story and um, it does underscore the, power that that music has to uh, to just bring our minds back to a different uh, time and place and um, and it seems like now uh, in, inexorably connected to uh, to your thoughts about your uh, your ex-husband yeah.
2: I think it's really important that I look at music as being like the soundtrack of my life right like mm-hmm. I remember, you know what albums were in heavy rotation, you know, the year was my son was born. And sure. Mm-hmm. You know, what was on the radio when I got my first real job, right? And my first real heartache. Or, you know, it is the soundtrack. And and I think that's really important. And I think music helps us hammer down those memories. We can we don't always are able to either enunciate um, what we remember very well. And sometimes the music helps us do that in a way that is, um, you know, a little bit more straightforward, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm envisioning the old school car radio where you had to push the button in manually to like lock a station (laughs) to that button. And so you were talking about music here, it's almost like certain songs get attached to if you think of like the radio band as being a timeline mm-hmm. in a way, and that certain songs are like that button attached to the um uh to that, but it, I guess it works in the reverse order, like you hear that song uh I guess it could work both ways. You hear that song and it brings and it brings back the memory of that particular time on your timeline, or you kind of punch that button in to to bring you back right. to that particular right. time yeah, yeah, it is pretty remarkable. Well, that's a wrap for this special best of my three songs episode. If there's a song and discussion from a previous episode you think is fitting for our next best of show, please let me know via social media or our website. And if you want to be part of the show, start by going to our website, aaronsradio.show and clicking on the my three songs button on the homepage. You can also sign up for our mailing list. So you'll know immediately when a new episode is available. You can also find Aaron's radio show on your favorite podcast service, but the podcast episodes only include interviews and no licensed music. Until next time, keep your ears and mind open and let more music into your world.
3: You're listening to Aaron's Radio Show.